Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. In our previous episode, we journeyed with Sagar Khatri into a world where education is oriented towards actual job skills and how the face of professional development is changing amidst the digitalization of job markets. Sagar shed light on the importance of customer-centric and employee-centric organization and how tools like Slack are altering communication in the corporate world. As we embark on this episode, Sagar pivots to share secrets on building an adaptable, powerful global workforce with robust communication in this digital age. We dive deeper into understanding the significance of cross-functional international team, the indispensability of adaptability, and how digital tools are key in fostering an asynchronous work culture. If you're stepping into the digital space or looking to optimize your existing remote workforce, this episode is a treasure trove of insights. Let's continue our exploration with Sagar. Now, coming to this question for you is like, how do you enable this balance of documentation to keep knowledge and to enable a blame no one a culture but focus on getting the work done to how do we get things fast to help the customer to build better things faster i do there's no secret sauce here you have to strive every single day to achieve that culture i would say few things help very clearly identifying a set of people who who will fit into this culture so i interview every single person who joins multiplier and this is exactly what i check for will this person be comfortable working in an async manner is this person extremely clear and concise? So that becomes very important. Secondly, it has to be extremely top. If you as founders behave in a certain manner, you set an, an example for the entire team. We as founders also are extremely disciplined in documenting everything. We wouldn't call our team members at any point in time. The, the work can be done by sending a message on Slack. And, and we also have a constitution internally where we talk about what how does multiplier work and we have a notion document on which everything is written right so really it's a mindset shift in, in the VC industry people talk about that churn problem is always a customer acquisition problem which means you need to acquire the right set of customers who won't churn uh, and hence uh, you need to get the right set of people who will uh, not object to working in that manner and who will be used to so i think it's a mix and match of that there's no secret sauce but it's not a one-time affair on a daily basis you have to be extremely conscious and make this happen but I can tell you, Andrew, something that if you make that happen nicely, and if you're successful in achieving that, then the company growth is exponential. This is one of the interesting insights that I really take away from you. Once you get it right, things will grow exponential. But one of the things to getting right is churn is always about finding the right customer. It's the same way as a company churn is also about finding the right talent. Call it serious ideas, funny moment with Multiplier, like for all the audience out there. If you whether you want to build a startup or you are a big company, you want to be agile, actually consider using Multiplier because I believe that 
one of their customer service or customer success officer will share with you their culture and eventually you can take some tips away because I myself personally benefit from this. Another interesting question I want to ask Saga. For those who are really keen to start a career in the digital space or the startup space, what are your top three tips for them? Anju, again, very interesting question and a very important question, something that is close to my heart. If you think about what pandemic has done, it has changed work forever. And one of the big things it has changed is the skills that workers need to succeed. The race for qualified talent is extremely on. We also always feel that the number one challenge in our head or in my head as a CEO of a company today is getting the right talent and getting it faster. So as the digital transformation journey continues, the talent that we seek must have the skills necessary to integrate into a growing and a changing organization. So when an employer has to decide between a dozen or so equally qualified candidates, they will want to see something uh, to help them make a decision and something that unique the candidate has. And I think that these are the three areas that at least I help coach people or whosoever I mentor that one is if you're looking for a job in the digital space, the companies are looking for digitally minded employees. As I said, a sync first or being okay with the tools that I talked about, knowing how to run Notion, knowing how to run Slack. So being a digital space buff can make young talent become more aware of the latest trends in the space and help them prepare better. So this is something that I, I talk about. Second, industry-specific hard skills are teachable through training and onboarding programs, while critical thinking and adaptability are crucial. So the, the experience uh, working in international cross-functional teams is highly sought after by tech companies worldwide. This is the second point, right? We assume that the future of teams is global, your colleagues will be global. You will find this is in Australia, marketing person in Chennai, developer in, in Serbia. And hence, the ability to work cross-functionally with an international culture will become very important. Third and most important point is, it is more important than ever that the new employees have softer skills. See, back in the day when I used to see you day to day, uh, we could see each other's face to face. The emotions also conveyed the message. Today, because only words communicate the message, it becomes important that you have power over the language and not just the language over communication. So these are the three important areas that I also work on myself and I also advise my team members. Uh, you point out three important things. And one of the things that I want to talk about is the companies really want people who can work internationally and build cross-functional teams. Having said that, we are living in a world where if we were to do that, we will be in different time zone. And you are also advocating, a, I'm just picturing in my head about how is this uh, actually being done? What are the three tips that you can help uh, our audience here, whether they are in a tech startup or a big company, trying to operate uh, international cross-functional teams? So very important point, Andrew. Uh, a few things here that I advocate about. Today we have a team. In 35 countries, we have people of all cultures, all sexual preferences, all shapes, all sizes, all nationalities, all ethnicity. So one of the most important things is now when you have to hire the person, you don't hire in a geography. You hire for the best skill set wherever you get in the world. So start adopting international work. Start adopting global workforce. If you want to hire marketing folks, look at the areas where you can get the best marketing folks. The second important thing is being able to run a sync manner. If you're a manager who have the habit of micromanaging, calling them every five minutes, calling them after work hours, it's not going to work out. You will have the what we call today the great resignation problem. So it's important for you to change your mindset as a manager, be employee friendly, respect their work-life balance, respect not calling them anytime and, and, and all of that. Third thing what becomes important is 
process and structure and employee engagement. In a remote first setting or a global setting, these small gestures matter. For example, over New Year, we send a similar gift to employees in 35 countries. And they felt so happy about it. I've never met some of my employees festivals in my entire life, but they sent me a thank you note saying that, hey, we were not accepting and some of them had a moment of truth. So, so it becomes really important that you maintain a high level of employee engagement in ways possible, right? You obviously, you cannot have a watercolor conversation, but there are other ways to do that today. So these are some of the areas that one needs to really consciously work on. I see. I think one of the key things I've always been thinking about is every country has different understanding of even the English language. i give you an example. I was serving my clients in the Hong Kong market and I was also working with the data scientists in Singapore and the software engineers in Mumbai. And the same language, even though it's English, has different understanding and I have to call everybody into the same call and just to talk about like for example what does it mean what does gender means you know some may think of it as male and female so I have to explain now what does the data means how do we record it and give a very clear context now when you allow writing to happen how do you enable the different employees or talents to have a very consistent understanding of the language so that ignorance can move in a very agile manner. Very important point. One thing that will become important in the future is being able to have the role of chief global officer. Right? If you think about this, VP Salesforce, that has been the tool of choice for a bigger company. You would look for it accordingly. Secondly, if you have a CHRO, they'll come and implement a work day or some other thing. Similarly, you will have or the organizations will need to have a chief remote officer or a chief global officer. And it will be different from the finance and the because it requires skill set of both and it needs to be a very dedicated role. And their job would be to implement a tool like Multiplier because Multiplier will essentially help you be the entire operating system of running a company in a distributed and async manner. So that's how I imagine the future to be. Wow, sounds very exciting in terms of that. I mean, I can think of suddenly, uh, let's say version 50 of Multiplier, and there is a customer success officer in Multiplier to onboard me with a virtual bot that can tell me, hey, you know, the these are the people that you hire. They speak similar languages. They think the similarly. And this is the uh, total employment cost in operating. Just press a button. And the whole team would need, let's say, about three to six months of onboarding time to tighten up the understanding of the language. And therefore, they can move very fast asynchronously. I think that's a very exciting and wonderful future. Last but not least, what is your request from those listening to this podcast here? I have a lot of requests, but one of the things that I would really want is people to understand that the world has changed. It's important that you also change your ways and as well and adopt to the moving world. If you think about, Andrew, and we are old enough to know Nokia, for us phones was Nokia. It used to be a great company, great Finnish company back in the day, right? Yes, I bought a few Nokia phones before. <laughs> exactly. And so did I. Uh, but since they didn't catch up with the smartphone trends, did not innovate well, today's generation have no idea what Nokia is. And they lost. And, and, and it feels like Apple has existed for 100 years, but it was 15 years ago when uh, Steve Jobs launched their first iPhone. So today's world is very dynamic. It's moving extremely fast. You as a company, you as a leader, you as a manager, you as an employee will be left behind if you don't adopt to that. So 
one of our values internally is what we call be self-aware. So two values, be eternal optimist and be self-aware. So, you know, you set a strong goal for yourself. You want to go to the moon, think that it's possible, but be also self-aware that you know that today you are on earth and there's a long distance that you need to travel and put the hard work according and resources to that. These are a couple of things that I would like to, to request our listeners to think about and ponder about. Wow, you're very altruistic, man. To the audience out there, these are the two key lessons is to Saga is trying to ask everybody to be internal optimistic and to be self-aware. But yet, I would also like to ask from the audience to really check out Multiplier. And if you have any questions, please go to the resource page and the pop. So go to Multiplier and check out our dear Saga because he is one of a kind and I really enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Saga. We have come to the end of this podcast show. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, everyone. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode. We have come to the end of part 4 with Sagar and this is the end of the podcast series with Sagar. 